I asked. That music means it's time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer on this Friday morning. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simmy. You know, I never get tired of hearing that song on Friday mornings. Do you? Oh, no, it's wonderful. It brings back fond memories of uh, me and uh, 17,000 sweating fans in the Pacific Coliseum uh, for the Village People concert. Sold out. Uh, Man, what a show. You live the the life. Parade through the West End with something to see, and the after party, uh, I'm really glad there are no cell phone images from that day. (laughs) Oh, see? I loved it. Vaughn Palmer back in the day. Whew, what a story that must be. Uh, Let's talk about what's going on out there. Also, uh, the housing minister, Ravi Kalon, uh, has been talking a lot about the housing issues and and really calling the federal government out. Yeah, look, this is something that really needed to be said. And I I, uh, commend our new housing minister uh, for saying it. He's got a lot of challenges ahead and it's going to be tough meeting his targets. But he really said something that needed to be said in an interview with Richard Zussman of Global. And what he said is, look, Canada is welcoming enormous number of immigrants, and many of those people are coming to British Columbia. And Kalon is not saying we shouldn't be welcoming immigrants, but what he is saying is the federal government needs to start tying its funding for housing, its targets for housing starts, to the places that are getting most of the immigrants. So British Columbia is getting uh, a large number of those immigrants, more than a third, are coming to British Columbia, but federal housing support for social housing, housing targets, is just not proportional. They continue to fund B.C. on the basis that Ottawa funds B.C. for everything, which is uh, your share of the population is 14%, so you get 14% of the dollars. He says that's got to end. He said the federal government's got to face the responsibility that the, of the consequences of its target of promoting immigration to Canada, or more than 400,000 people in the year just ended, 500,000 people is the target. By 2025, Ottawa has got to start facing up the responsibilities that should come with that. Okay, and what does that mean? Like, how many immigrants did Canada have last year? Uh, so last year, uh federal government just announced it this week, Tuesday, uh, 431,000. Uh, the target is even higher for uh, this year, I think 450,000. And they hope to get to half a million newcomers by 2025, which is coming up. So that's a target, and, and Canada's been very successful. It has, I think the last time I looked, Simi, the highest immigration rate of any country in the G7 by a considerable margin. And, you know, you hear the arguments. Uh, we're a diverse country. We've benefited enormously from immigration. We're a country of immigrants, all that. You hear that this uh, we need all these people coming here because aging population, low birth rate among people already here, uh, shortages of workers, shortages of every uh, kind of uh, skilled labor, and all of that is being addressed by immigration. And, you know, I'll say this, I, I went over that interview with Kalon, and he's not disputing any of that, right? He's not saying immigration is a bad thing. He's not saying we don't need more immigrants. What he's saying is, Immigration at this level, record levels, uh, has consequences, and the federal government needs to face up and deal with it.
Hmm. Okay. So if we don't have any control over that, right? Well, one province does. Does Quebec have that? You know, that's a really good point, Simi, and and it's it's increasingly important in our asymmetrical federation. So Quebec, for language reasons, controls immigration to Quebec. And again, no one's saying they shouldn't. They choose uh, to admit people uh, from countries where French is a first language or a second language. Okay, that's so Quebec controls how many immigrants it gets. British Columbia has no control over that. Neither does Ontario. Uh, people come here, but we know from the statistics what happens. They they come to Canada. They move to our big cities disproportionately they move to toronto they move to vancouver and then and metro vancouver and then to other provinces so um you know david eby has been talking about this for two years he one of the reasons eby started saying we need to increase the housing supply is he would say we need to increase the housing supply just to keep up with immigration so not just immigrants internationally but people moving here from other provinces as well. So we were hitting 100,000 people, which was considered high. Uh, For the first nine months of 2022, British Columbia received, accepted, welcomed 123,000 newcomers. So, you know, the, the, the math of that, Simi, is that you probably need to build 30, 35,000 units of housing just to keep up. That's not doing anything about the backlog of people that can't find a place to live. And we're not, we don't have anything close to those numbers. No, no. And I mean, we are pushing, you know, and, uh, you know, Metro Vancouver, there's a lot of municipalities are getting with the program and getting going on it, even, you know, places that in the past have have said, no, we're big enough and we don't really want to grow. So, and the government is very heavily involved in trying to bring municipalities on side. We we talked about it this week that what the new what the EB government has said they're going to do is they're going to pick eight to ten target municipalities to work with the new government housing program. And that is a carrot and stick program. The province will provide incentives for municipalities to expedite housing approvals. The province will help with sewers, infrastructure, community centers, schools, make sure all the facilities are there. Do, in fact, what Ottawa's not doing uh, with its support for immigration. And But in return, the province is saying municipalities are going to have to start removing the obstacles to building more housing. They've got to start approving projects faster. They've got to make sure they aren't adding burdens to the cost of building housing. So, you know, the provincial government is headed in the right direction on this. But I think the, the thing that Kalon did, which I don't think E.B. ever said as housing minister, is... The federal government really needs to face the consequences of its very well-intentioned effort to encourage immigration to Canada, and that is to start helping more to cover the cost 
of immigrants coming here, of making sure that we're recruiting people to come here in good faith. Uh, you're not going to find that you're going to be able to find you can get housing. You're going to be able to find you can get a family doctor. You're going to be able to get child care. You're going to be able to uh, move around because uh, transit and infrastructure is tied to it. None of that really happens at the moment. I mean, the federal government can point to a lot of things it does, but they really haven't faced up, Simi, that if you've got 431,000 people coming to Canada, the government has some obligation to address the housing needs of all those people coming here. And what has been the federal government's response to all this? You know, it's very difficult for the province of British Columbia to get Ottawa's attention on anything. I I mean, that's just been the case historically, and it's still the case. Um, You look at uh, David Eby's uh, report uh, from his appointed commission last spring on money laundering. That commission flagged a whole bunch of things that the federal government needs to do better in order to assist in the crackdown on money laundering. I can't find any evidence that Ottawa's even addressed that. Certainly not that they've made any kind of comprehensive statement that says, yes, you're right, and we've got to do this. Right? Another example, uh, BC uh, has been lobbying the federal government to recognize that its amendments to the criminal code created an enormous problem with street violence and repeat offenders. Again, BC said it many times. Ontario is now saying it because that cop that was killed recently was um, killed by somebody or the accused in that case is is somebody who had previously attacked a police officer and was on was out in violation of bail. So provinces are saying it, but <clears throat> I don't see any evidence that the federal government has said, yes, we're going to rewrite the criminal code to fix this problem we created. I mean... The the federal government is not responsive to provinces unless, I have to say, the province is Quebec. So that's the only one. I mean, B.C. really has gone alone on the money laundering issue, hasn't it? Oh, very much so. Here's an irony in all this. The Trudeau government is in power only because of the support of the federal NDP, right? And yet, here's the B.C. government, John Horgan and now David Eby, saying Ottawa needs to pay a fairer share of health care funding. As the federal NDP said to its partner, we're not going to support you anymore unless you respond to the only province in Canada that has an NDP government that is saying health care is underfunded, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the strange political realities in the country to me that the provincial NDP government, which, you know, by most NDP standards is doing very well in its second term and positioned, based on the opinion polls, to, to form a third term, doesn't seem to be able to get their federal party to adopt their agenda in any consistent way. Has it always been like that? Well, we haven't been in this situation too often where you've had a BC NDP government and a federal NDP partnership. And and in the past, when that's happened, Simi, what tends to happen is in the next election, you know, uh, the the federal NDP suffers from a backlash against the provincial NDP. Well, that hasn't happened because this provincial NDP government remains popular with the BC public. So, 
you do wonder, uh, do, there's, there's three federal NDP MPs in this government, two of them at the cabinet table, Nathan Cullen and Murray Rankin. You do wonder, um, I, I think Kalon's doing the right thing out there and saying Ottawa needs to do more on housing, but you know, is the, are their federal counterparts using their voting leverage with the federal liberals to uh, say, uh, you know, don't count on our support if you don't start addressing some of these concerns, legitimate, that have been raised by our provincial government in B.C.? Right. That would be a game changer. Avon, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. <laughs>